Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, January the 28th. And welcome to our to our commentary. Well, congratulations to Kansas City. They're going back to their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. That's uh, Maybe we got to start calling that team a dynasty. And when you consider how young Patrick Mahomes is, you know, they may be back a few more times. So congratulations to, to Kansas City. And it looks like the Lions are also going to be going to the Super Bowl. And that's been, well, not just, not only the Super Bowl, they haven't been in an NFL title game going back to the 60s in a long, long time. So it looks uh, like we'll have a brand new team, the Lions playing for the first time in a long time against uh, Kansas City, a team that, of course, has made it a few times. Now, I should point out that as I'm recording this, the Lions and the 49ers are still playing. So I'm I'm assuming that the Lions are going to win, but, you know, strange things can happen in a football game, particularly in the last quarter. And uh, for sure, Kansas City will be playing one of these uh, one of these two teams. Well, it's been, uh, what can I say, a very difficult day for the armed forces, U.S. armed forces. Three U.S. soldiers were killed, I think, on the border with, uh, with Jordan. Uh, there was a drone attack against the U.S. military base, three of our finest uh, young men were killed. Uh, I think there are many injured as well. And again, you know, this has been going on. Now, this is the first time, I believe, that American soldiers have been killed. But, you know, this has been going on for a couple of months that we never react. Kind of reminds you of the Clinton years when they kept attacking and attacking and attacking and Bill Clinton would never respond. Well, when you don't respond, they think you're weak. And they do it more often, and they're doing more do, do it more deadly. So, I know it's a tough call, and I, I know it's not easy to respond to these attacks. But this is why we have a president, and I think the president has been showing a lot of weakness uh, on the international scene when the, the way we pulled out of Afghanistan, uh, the weakness that we're showing in that region of the world, uh, and, and I, I just think that this time we're going to have to react. But, of course, you have to react against the source of the problem. And the source of the problem is Iran. That's where it's all coming from. That's the one who's paying for this. That's the one who's giving them the weapons. And I think we're going to have to make a very tough call with respect to Iran and take some action. You know, you remember back in the late 1980s when President Reagan basically took out their navy. He just eliminated their navy uh, one time with a bunch of bombing attacks. Uh, there have been other instances where we've had to take action against Iran, but the Biden administration has been very naive when it comes to Iran. They thought they could negotiate with Iran. They thought they could somehow work out a deal with Iran, and uh, Iran's not interested, at least the leadership in Iran is not interested in any negotiations or or doing any business with the United States. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we take some very tough action. Uh, against Iran and give them a very strong warning that the next time it's going to be bigger. The reaction is going to be bigger. Well, you cannot have uh, these attacks uh, on U.S. soldiers, on merchant ships in the in the international waterways. You simply cannot tolerate that because if you do, uh, unfortunately, you have the kind of chaos that we now have in in that. Uh, in that region. So again, our sympathies to the families of these these three soldiers, and let's just hope that uh, the Biden administration has finally understood 
that the problem is Iran. That's where it's all about. That's where you have to go. You have to go to the source and take out, uh, do something, do something uh, with respect uh, with respect to Iran. That's where the problem is in Iran. Well, if you've been uh, if you've been following the news, you know that Texas and the federal government are having a little bit of battle over a piece of land on on the border. The governor of Texas, Governor Abbott. Uh, issued a statement saying that he's invoking Article 1, the, the so-called invasion clause in the U.S. Constitution. And I, I don't know if this has ever been used before. Uh, I, I don't know. I've been checking well, some of my uh, my sources and doing a little research. I don't believe that this has ever been done before by a state. But the issue is that the, the Biden administration has decided not to enforce immigration laws and their asylum policies are just totally ridiculous. And you're having all these people come into the country. We're not ready for them. We cannot take them. Uh, something like 300,000 plus in the, in the month of December. These are the encounters. These are the, the ones that we know about. There's probably some who are called getaways who are also in the country. We don't know who these people are. We don't have a t- any time to vet them as we do with people who come into the country legally. I mean, there is a legal way to come into the United States. And there is another way, which is what we're seeing on the border. And this is not only becoming a problem for Texas, it's a problem for Arizona. It's a problem for Denver. I just saw a story about an hour or so ago that Denver is just being devastated by these migrants. You know, these cities, these sanctuary cities, they went out and told uh, the world, you know, come, you know, we welcome you. So people took them, took the invitation, and now they don't know what to do with all these people who show up, Chicago, New York. I mean, just a, a couple of examples. And, of course, there is apparently something happening in the Congress to deal with the problem. But, you know, I'm very skeptical, very skeptical of the Biden administration doing anything about this. I mean, why should you believe the Biden administration at this stage of the game? They say, let us you know, work with us and and give us the tools to close the border. Well, first of all, the Congress doesn't have to do anything at this point. President Biden has all the tools to fix the problem on the border. In fact, I have a post over at the American Thinker today. Uh, The name of the post is Use Your Pen, Mr. President, where I simply say to President Biden what other people are saying. You don't need Congress to do anything. You can, on your own, with your pen, Uh, undo many of these stupid reforms that were done the first couple of days of his administration, reforms that were working quite well under President President Trump. Remain in Mexico was a successful story, not only in, in the sense that it kept people from coming into the United States, but it helped Mexico because Mexico is being overwhelmed uh, by people from all over the world who are coming to Mexico and the idea is we go to Mexico and then we go into the United States. Well, if you say to them they have to remain in Mexico, well, that takes away the incentive from going to Mexico in the first place. So remain in Mexico was an excellent policy negotiated by, by, the, by the two governments. And uh, eliminating remain in Mexico has been at the source of all of these uh, problems on the border. So we got to, you know, we got to go back to remain in Mexico. Now, as I point out in my article, the reason that the Biden administration doesn't want to, you know, go back and bring back remain in Mexico is because they would have to admit that remain in Mexico was working or a Trump idea uh, 
that was working. So politically, they would have to look at their base and say, you know what, President Trump was correct uh, about the border. And that is very difficult when you consider uh, the hysterical uh, attitude of so many uh, of the base of the Democrat Party against uh, President Trump. But I tell you, the president can do this. He can fix this. Tomorrow morning, he can fix this by simply saying, I am going to implement or re-implement remain in Mexico. I also think that we should close the border for about a couple of years and simply say, we're not going to process anybody coming in except people who come in legally, of course, or people who are coming in for commercial reasons or like many people in the border cities who go back and forth uh, to work. Yeah, of course, you got to continue with that. But I'm talking about people showing up asking for asylum. We should stop that for the time being because we got to give the judges here in, in the United States an opportunity to look at the people who are already in. We can't just keep making the line longer. I mean, I, I don't know how in the world uh, we're going to fix this, this thing if we just keep making the line longer and longer and longer. Uh, that's not going to that's not going to fix the problem. So there are things that the president can do. He does not need money from Congress. He doesn't need anything. All he's got to do is take out the pen and uh, sign a couple of things and we'll begin at least to turn the corner on this horrific situation on the border, as I say, not only a problem in Texas, it's a problem just about everywhere uh, in, the, in the United States. By the way, I have a post uh, coming out tomorrow, tomorrow Monday morning, where I'm talking about Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas, of course, is the name of a man who is pretending to be a woman who wants to compete in the Olympics as a woman. And he's creating a, you know, a big, a big mess about this. And I'm just hoping that uh, the people who run these Olympic committees tell Leah that he is a man and this is a women's competition. I've never understood. I've never understood why we don't protect young women from people like this fellow Leah Thomas. That's not his real name, by the way. He's got a, another name. But, you know, this is a guy who couldn't compete with other men. So then he went into the women's uh, division and he started winning winning trophies. Well, uh, that's not healthy for our society to have men taking trophies away from women. So check out my post. Uh, it'll be out. Uh, it'll be out Monday morning. And today, January the 20th, 1853, we remember that Jose Marti, the great Cuban patriot, was born on this day back in when Cuba was still a Spanish colony. And right before this video, there's an interview that we did with uh, my friend Fernando Hernandez, who's an author, and knows a great deal about uh, Jose Marti. And if you want to check out that interview, I think you'll enjoy and get a lot of information uh, about Jose Marti, one of the most important figures in Cuban, in Cuban history. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.